Welcome back to the Line to Gain podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always, and with me, as always, co-host of the century, Mike Parker. Mike, how you doing, man? Oh, shucks. Thank you so much for hey, that wonderful introduction. Man, I just want to make sure you're okay. We've been getting a lot of, a lot of questions, emails. People want to know if you're okay after having to watch a Monday playoff game. It was rough. I kind of mentally shut down after Sunday most days because it's so exhausting to sit there and watch football all day. Um, but I was able to fight through it. In fact, it was the only game that I really kind of caught beginning to end. Yeah, I did too. I mean, I wasn't stuck in front of the TV the entire time not moving, but like that was the one I turned on, you know, did stuff. I had the because because it was on ESPN, I was able to use my phone and stuff and, right. you know, sit and you know, chat with my family while I was kind of peeking at it. That's cool. Well, this is the super wild card weekend edition of the Line to Game podcast. Uh, you know, I had a great time watching these games. Um, the Seattle game, like, good lord, man, if we didn't look like we were we were hanging in there, I and mean, we were ahead at halftime in that game, which was shocking. Um, so I was out. I had to dig this trench around my patio in the backyard because the grass and stuff like that was higher than the patio and the water wasn't from the drains and stuff was not washing out into the yard. It was kind of like puddling up and causing moss and stuff. So I dug this little trench around the patio, pressure washed the, the patio. It looks fantastic. But during that period of time, that's when the game was on. So I'm, I'm spray, I'm power washing. My daughter is watching our new puppy, in the TV room, like just, you know, inside from where I am. Right. And it's um, 13 to 7 at that point. And I go, oh, wow, Seattle's in a good position. And uh, Emmy goes, my daughter says, well, they're losing, though. And I go, yeah, but they're one possession away. Right. They're gonna if they score a touchdown here, they're gonna be up by one mm-hmm. against one of the best teams in the NFL. So I go back to my pressure washing. I peek my head around the corner. Maybe five or ten minutes later, I actually missed the fifty-yard touchdown pass. Um, Boy, it was great to yeah. DK Metcalf, but they were up fourteen, thirteen. They went up sixteen, fourteen, and then seventeen, sixteen, 16 and, and then it all hell broke loose. Yeah, we'll talk more about that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but but that was a fun little anecdote. I was like, she's like, how did you know that was going to happen? I mean, it's just math, right? Well, I went to uh, my brother Brandon's uh, son Cruz last basketball game was on Saturday, and that's a mouthful. Can you say that three times fast? Yeah, right. Um, So anyway, I'm I Brandon's sons cruises. No, Brandon's son crew. It was his last is. Cruise is cruise. Isn't it just cruise? It, plural for crew is cruise. It's, if you're well, you about want you name, want possessive. Cruise is okay. Whatever. Anyway, I is his, there is there, last, is there multiple crews? No, there's just one of them. There's one. So you're talking about his game. Yes, that's a possessive game. All right, I don't. All right, this is this has gone on long <laughs> enough. God damn it. Um. Anyway, he uh, it was his last game of the season, and I was like, all right, I got to get out to one of them because usually he plays really early in the morning, and it's tough for me to get out to those games. So, uh, I go, 
I go, and uh, on my way there, I talked to my friend Eric, whose daughter plays in the same league as Crew, and uh, she had just gotten done with her game. He's like, oh, I was just talking to Brandon. He's like, we were, like, betting on whether or not you were actually going to show up for the game because the Seahawks are playing, and we both came up with no, definitely not. And I was like, what were the odds on that? I have no idea. But anyway, I pulled up there, and uh, and Brandon was just like, Brandon was like, man, He's like, oh, he's like, yeah, thanks for coming. And I'm like, told you I was coming. I'm not going to tell a nine-year-old I'm coming to his last basketball game and then not show up, bro. Like, come on. <laughs> he's like, all right. So then I'm saying we're sitting there watching the game, and uh, and it's like a really tiny gym, and uh, so there's not much, like, sideline room. So I'm kind of, like, in the doorway of this, like, kind of a double door. <clears throat> um, Always in the way. I know. And uh, – I'm like, I have the game up on my phone and I'm like glancing down every so often. I'm like giving Brandon updates. And then finally he's like, bro, I'm trying to watch my kid's game. And I'm like, oh, my bad. And then I felt like a complete jerk. So I like just, you know, uh, closed my phone out and I was just like sitting there watching the game. And all of a sudden Brandon like turns to me. He's like, oh, we scored a touchdown. I was like, bro, screw you, man. You're just making me feel bad for not watching your kid's game. And you're like, I, cause I couldn't see, like, he's kind of like in front of me and off to the side. So, uh, I couldn't see that. I couldn't see what he was doing, if he was on his phone or not. And yeah. I was like, man, screw you. Well, basketball comes at you so fast, especially like youth basketball. Right. Cause they play like what? 10 minute halves or something. 12 minute halves. Right. Uh, these are little guys. They were I guess eight minute quarters, and I think oh, they it's play like a quarters? running clock. Yeah, so yeah, okay. I think I watched. But it happens so fast, and they're back up and down that court. Like if you blink, you miss yeah. something. Yeah, I watched. I made it there halfway through the first quarter, and I think I left halfway through the fourth quarter, and I was only gone like an hour and fifteen minutes from my house total time. So I, well, I get, I get that the, you were late. I, I got the. Uh, why? Why did you have to leave early? Because I had. My cousin was coming over uh, okay. with his girlfriend, and I had to get back to. They didn't let have them the code. In. No, hmm. not that kind no. of cousin, huh? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I probably could have just given him the code, yeah. but I got you. I was using it as an excuse to. I mean, and I think each was Eric helping you out. That he went with you. No, I went with uh, James. James, got it, got it. Um, but you know, like the, in that league too, you can only each each player only plays half of the each quarter. As long as they have enough players, mm. as if they have ten players, then it's like they do a full. Everyone switch. gets yeah, so like a only, line shift. Yeah, it's like watching completely. a hockey game. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So anyway, so that was my uh, my fun Saturday, and then came home to to the. I made it home just before, like a few minutes before, like probably halfway through the second quarter, and got to see a good portion of the rest of the game. But it was it was well. Fun. Shoot, I'm digging a trench, and was, pressure pressure washing a patio. You're off like watching kids basketball kicking it out there in the small gym and there was nobody there like brandon, was, brandon was like man this kid on he's like whispering to me because there's this like this old lady sitting right next to him he's like man this is like Cruz's best friend Cruz's best friend uh his grandma like his parents made her take him to the game today because they wanted to stay home and watch the seahawks game and i'm like a seahawks game we're gonna get our asses beat anyway like come on man i'm not missing like something important that my children are interested in to to watch that, but you know, neither here nor there. What are you gonna do? All right, man. Let's uh, let's get in. I guess to our our betting uh, woes this week. <laughs> yeah, actually, I didn't do too bad. Um, I bet I bet everything. I just said so did I, Mike. I'm doing it. Uh, I had well. 
First one I lost, obviously. Well, we we had a couple of bets going. One was a gentleman's bet. We're going to pick who we think is going right. to win and compare. We, we, we'll go over those after. Yeah, we're, we picked the, the same, same. damn thing. Same thing so. so I think we went pretty good all week until we got to Dallas-Tampa Bay, right? Am I right with that one? Yeah, okay. I think so. So we'll get into the details of that. But my first one was Seattle at uh, San Francisco. I had the money line and then the under 42 and a half. My expectation here was low scoring kind of defensive game. But San Francisco um, about blew that uh, yeah, money line out of the water. Yeah, they themselves. did, certainly. Um, so um, I ended up losing that bet. Uh, second bet, I actually won. That's uh, I had the Jacksonville money line plus 108 so that was a fun time i was pan not panicking i mean not really panicking but i mean you know obviously at the beginning of that game i was a little yeah a little weary uh miami at buffalo i had buffalo uh minus 13 and a half and they managed to keep that super close so i lost that Me too. um i hit the uh over at uh, 43 and a half um, Giants money line took that straight up, uh, won that. Um, really happy with that. I just, you know, felt like that was a good bet. Yeah. Um, I didn't mess around with Baltimore at Cincinnati with any parlays or anything. I'm just like, Cincinnati is going to win this game. That's what I believe. I'm going to take the money line. Um, wasn't a lot of, I mean, it was minus 335 at the time. So it's just like I didn't, wasn't a lot there, but, you know. It so helped. what what do you win on? She only win like thirty three dollars on that, right? Well, the payout's one twenty nine. So if you bet a hundred dollars, so it's twenty nine. You'd have to what, bet three hundred and thirty five to win a hundred on minus three thirty five. Yeah, bet three thirty five to to win a hundred. Yeah. So that's so you bet three hundred and thirty five on that game. No one. Oh, you bet a hundred dollars. Yeah. So, so then you're only getting like $30 back. $29.85. Oh, I thought you said $129. Yeah, but with the payout, gotcha, the 100 gotcha, that gotcha. I automatically my bad, my already I put down. All right, my bad. All right, back to the program. All right, and then obviously Dallas and Tampa Bay. I picked the Tampa Bay money line, uh, plus 126, take a shot, apart, mostly because I hate Dallas, yeah. um, and I lost that. So I'm up 275 85 for the uh, wild card weekend, the super wild card weekend. And because we're starting fresh, that's my uh, running total as well, 275.85. How'd you do? Uh, so I took 49ers plus nine and a half versus Seahawks, won that. Uh, Jacksonville plus two versus the Chargers, won that. Uh, Buffalo minus 13 versus Miami, lost that. Um, New York Giants money line at Minnesota. What was that? What was the payout on that one? Because I don't think I had that factored in properly. Uh, the Giants money line at Minnesota. Yeah, what'd you win on that? Plus one thirty-eight. Okay, so all right, so I won one hundred thirty-eight. So that actually is better for me. Okay, uh, I, I had Cincinnati minus seven and a half versus Baltimore. Obviously lost that. Uh, and Tampa Bay plus two and a half versus Dallas lost that as well. So I was three and three on the week, but. Uh, the 130, what'd you say, minus 138 or plus yeah. 138? Plus so, 138, yeah. Uh, that actually got me, I'm plus $8 on the uh, on the Ooh, week. So Fancy. Uh, yeah, so not not doing nearly as good as old Mike here. But Get yourself a latte. We're going to, yeah. Well, you kind of went with, like, you were playing spreads and money lines pretty I much. I did right? actually win a, a parlay this week, too. I bet the under on the Cincinnati, like, in real life. I bet the under on the Cincinnati Ravens game and 
no, on the over, I'm sorry, because the over-under was 40, and it got to 41, but it looked like it was going to be a breeze. Right. But the kicker for Cincinnati missed the extra point at the, the first touchdown. I'm like, that's probably going to come back and haunt me. And mm. it almost did. Then I picked Dallas on the money line and the under 45 and a half in the game on Monday night. And the final, like Vegas is so good. They, the, they nailed it. The, it was 45. That's with four missed extra points. Wait, did you have a kicker the, on that? Huh? The half? Yeah. On the over, did you have the, did you? I took the under. Oh, you took the under. Yes. Okay. So I was just four. under the kicker. So I, yeah, I just was like, thank God the kicker, like God bless that man. <laughs> missed four extra points, Mike. And, and then Tampa Bay went for two one time to try to get it, try to, try to, yep. you have to catch up and they missed the two points. So that's like any one of those goes the other way. I'm, I'm losing, but you know, it's hilarious because after things like that happen, you just, I mean, I don't know, maybe you don't, but I look at myself as a genius. I know. No, I was like. Man, I got this all figured out. I almost took the payout like four times too because Dallas was up by a lot, but there was there was like no up and tick. Well, there was like barely any. It was like thirty to six or whatever, like midway through their thirty-one to six, like midway through the uh, fourth quarter. And I'm like, all right, well, like they're gonna offer me a payout, and they were offering me. I was only a five dollar parlay to win like twenty five or something, but. Um, yeah, did you was, uh, send uh, Maher an edible arrangement? I did, man. Sweet. I just sent him some edibles. I feel like he needed to <laughs> needed to kill the pain a little bit. We are in Washington State. It's okay. it's fine. Okay. All right. All right. So, and then I guess do you want to run down our our, so our playoff contest was we both picked the 49ers, Jacksonville, Buffalo, Giants, Cincinnati, and Tampa Bay. Yep. So we won. So five and one, both of us. Yeah, we pretty much took chalk. Nothing yeah. fun there, but no. Yeah, nope, not at all. Um, and yeah, so we'll see how those go later in the episode. But yeah, let's get into these games, Mike. We got all right. Say what six six games, seven games to go over. Six games, yeah. Six games. All right. So yeah, two Saturday, oh, yeah, uh, three on Sunday, and one on Monday. All right. Uh, Seattle at San Francisco. Um, as we discussed, this game was really close in the first half. Seattle was up seventeen sixteen at halftime. There was certainly this feeling at the time, at least for me, that Seattle had a chance to upset San Francisco here. Like they had figured out the matrix all of a sudden. Um, so the word on the street is that you couldn't throw deep on San Francisco. And we saw that play out with that DK Metcalf going 73 yards in a TD, including that 50-yard TD catch in the first half. Right. Um, in the second half, San Francisco seemed – they opened up with an offensive touchdown. Uh, Seattle responds, moving the ball into the red zone. But then they kind of stumble into that quicksand, right? So there's a fumble in the red zone, a punt, and an interception on their first three drives of the second half. Um, they were finally able to muster a garbage time touchdown uh, to make it look competitive towards the end. But it was not. it was like that mistake, and then they couldn't have a sustained drive, and then another turnover, and then all of a sudden you're down by three touchdowns. Yeah, it it like it turned on us so quick, man. Like I, I went into that I went into halftime being like, There's no way. There's no way and then uh, I mean you know, I, I I know that I went bonkers last week railing against the Seahawks making the playoffs. Um and some of that was obviously hyperbolic. I was hoping almost for like a 
reverse psychology thing <laughs> and uh that we a reverse name. jinx yeah reverse jinx there you go what uh, i do to you is reverse out. psychology okay. oh okay what we do to the teams is a reverse <laughs> jinx. anyway yeah i was trying to to do the reverse jinx and did not work out but uh, you know i mean at least they at least they made it a competitive game in the first half and it's really turned out to be the worst game at least spread wise i believe of the weekend so i mean um, uh, or margin of victory wise well maybe i thought i'll have to do my quick oh, math but i think dallas tampa is was the worst um yeah so going, to, going into that game it yeah was yeah worst. uh yeah i mean it was close at they gave us hope and that's great you know that's all the fan base really wants to see um they've been kind of doing this all year where they look good at times um i felt like san francisco pretty much was able to move the ball up and down the field on them uh, mm-hmm. and we see that with the amount of touchdowns that they they threw up on us so um yeah brock purdy discussion i think it's time for that maybe he went 18 for 30 60 completion i mean you'd like to see 65 67 68 yeah. on a, a regular basis but it's nothing to shake a stick at first playoff start i mean you right 332 passing yards three passing tds and he also threw in a rushing td there i am not in the uh camp of he's the next tom brady quite yet i think when tom brady was becoming tom brady no one thought he was going to be the greatest quarterback be the greatest quarterback of all time. No, we all thought that Drew Bledsoe was getting his job back at some exactly. point. Exactly. Well, that the the legend of Tom Brady is built one game at a time, one year at a time. Right. If Brock Purdy starts next year and continues with on this uh trajectory, um you know, we can have that discussion, but I'd like to see more than 6 games um I don't want to say I want to blame it on Shanahan. His system's so great that he doesn't have to do a lot. Um, but you still have to make the throws. He has a weird delivery. It's almost like compact, like uh, Philip Rivers. I'm trying to figure out like what his um, what his hiccup is. Like what like what can the what other defense take advantage of? You know. So well, he definitely doesn't have a big arm, but he's very accurate. He's kind of like that perfect. I don't know, like hybrid West Coast offense type guy that um you know i I don't know it's uh it's going to be interesting to see what how i mean because yeah if he goes through i mean even if he probably takes them to the super bowl like how do you turn the team back over to trey lance next year well i thought and i have a actual i probably a hot take we can discuss that later i have a little trey lance hot take but i was uh Benjamin Solak of The Ringer had, uh, he was doing analysis of um, Tua and the system that Mike McDaniel Daniel had and throwing into windows of uh, specific points um, and how accurate he was and how much that helped. He does have some limitations. Obviously, he's not, he's not, doesn't have a big arm um, on the long durable. throughs. Well, sure. Um, his offensive line is like allowing that to happen right, as well. I but know. that aside, there's some limitations. And we saw that, for example, with Goff, with um, the, the Rams uh, a few years ago. There was limitations. They were able to scheme him to be better than he was capable. Sure. But there, there becomes a point when you need that next level player. So you go out and you get um, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. Right. Uh, to kind of complete that. So I wonder what the next level yeah. is. What's the perfect quarterback right now 
for a Shanahan offense? I mean, probably Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Big arm downfield when you need it. Accurate over the middle. Now, if this is part of your hot take, I don't want to take it over, but... Um, That's not part of that thing. What do you do? So I think I asked you this about Tom Brady a couple either last week or the week before. If Tom Brady wants to come play for the 49ers, do you move on from Brock Purdy and Trey Lance? Or what? I mean, I guess you don't necessarily have to because they're both on the rookie deals. But I mean, do you put them both? Because like obviously that's putting Trey Lance into year four now or year three. I Next would. Year will be year three. I wouldn't make any massive moves to acquire Tom Brady. But so now that you say that you think Aaron Rodgers though is the best probably quarterback for Kyle Shanahan's system, do you move I mean cuz to get him from is he a no, free, he's mean, not a free agent. I'm he? just I'm just talking about comparables, right? I'm not saying that they should go for him or anything like that. I don't think it's I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to the 49ers at all. Right. I mean I'm, I'm not saying that I think you think that. I'm saying would you move on from Trey Lance and Brock Purdy to facilitate getting Aaron Rodgers into your system. Um, and not that you necessarily would need to move on from both of them, but do you give maybe give up on Trey Lance and trade him for high upside draft picks right this offseason, bring in Aaron Rodgers and have Brock Purdy learn from him for a couple of years? All right, I guess I'll just throw it out there. How about Trey Lance – to Miami. I think it would be good for it. both teams. I don't hate it. That and does... Tua o- back? Um, or you're saying that just Tua's in the ether at this point? In the ether. Yeah, I think it's... you. Obviously, Shanahan sees something in, in the way that Trey Lance plays that would still fit uh, Mike McDonald's system. Mike McDaniel's system. Yeah. Mike McDonald. Who's, who's, <laughs> it's a crooner, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yacht Rock. All right. Yeah, but uh, Mike McDaniel's system, would he would fit that. Um, I don't know if he's more durable now. I mean, he's had 17 snaps or something like that okay. before his ankle broke. Right. So we're not, we're not sure there yet. But I don't know. There's some things. Honestly, it's probably not a lot's going to change. Things don't get all stirred up. That's They're true. probably going to go into with Tua. Um, they are sig- there's a significant drop in performance after Tua on that team. Yeah. So I would like to see either let's upgrade at the backup quarterback somehow. Maybe Gardner Minshew gets over there. Um, if especially if Tua is going to take shots like that, um, or maybe you think about jumping up and taking op- taking a flyer on some <laughs> rookie this year. Who knows? Um, to yeah. to help out, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, oh, yeah. I wanted to call out. We should give them their flowers. Debo, one hundred and sixty-five all-purpose yards and a touchdown, and CMC, one thirty-six. Yeah, they and, both, and a they touchdown. Both look pretty so they looked really good. They both look pretty good. Honestly, that's that's probably going to be why they're moving farther in the playoffs is that run game, that combination, that talent, that, that versatility that those two players have that makes the system work obviously a lot better than, than not. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All and, done and with if that. You, and if you did put Aaron Rodgers into that system with those guys, it would be, 
a nightmare for I him. would love to see it, it, it honestly. It would be interesting to see. I sure. would love to see it. And he's is is he from the he's from the area, he's right? He's from the area. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Uh Chargers at Jacksonville. All right. This game got off to a bad start for Jacksonville. Everyone knows this. Tip pass uh, for an interception within 40 seconds of the start of the game. Uh, the first seven drives for Jacksonville were interception, interception, punt, interception, punt, interception, punt. Not a good start. No. Um, now they're down 27. Jacksonville tacks on a seven, seven points before the end of the half. All signs pointing to a charger blowout, right? Um, well, that's why they play the games. Uh, in the second half, Jacksonville came out firing four straight scoring drives, which included a beautiful deep throw uh, from Trevor. Trevor, um, there was a gutsy go for two call um, there after the I think it was the second touchdown um, in the half, in the second half, and there was that a really amazing call uh, on fourth and one to get ATN on the outside that actually put Jacksonville in position to win. So. I think it was like a team win. Defense tightened up. Trevor kind of took his head out of his ass and, you know, decided that he was going <laughs> to make some good throws, um, just firing it down there. Uh, man, it was it was impressive to watch. I think I rewatched the highlights three or four times, pausing just to figure out what, you know, what was happening, what thing, you know, what people were seeing. Um, man, just crazy. So they obviously overcame 27 points to win. Um, yeah, I got to say, man, I like really tuned this game out uh, once it was 27-7 at halftime or whatever it was mm-hmm. and uh, didn't really turn it back on until probably about halfway through the fourth quarters because I was like, I'm not going to spend my Saturday night watching this shit. Well, so, the, the funny thing is, is despite all of that, the first half was actually relatively frantic. There were 17 possessions total in the first half and yeah. only eight in the second. So at some point they come out of the halftime and everything slows down. Um, Jacksonville's offense controlled the game, as we discussed earlier um, in the second half. Um, they had long control drives leading to scoring um, and the Jacksonville defense forced two punts and a missed field goal. Um with uh, against you know the Chargers so they collectively as a team we've talked about this before like three and outs are killing your defense you're just they're out there too much so when you have a uh, an 11 play drive a nine play drive a 14 play drive especially when they end in touchdowns um, you're helping your defense out you're giving them that rest and you're on you know making the the chargers which are a west coast style offense you're you're keeping them cold yeah i you know a lot of times when there's a huge deficit like that and the team starts coming back usually they kind of run out of gas like they'll they'll get to the point where it's like you know fourth quarter now end of the game and we were down by six and we just kind of can't overcome that last that last little bit, but, um, you know, couldn't have happened to a better team that, uh, I'm glad they're recovering from the urban Meyer experiment. Oh, I that mean, guy's I was such talking about the chargers oh, blowing it. Yeah. You uh, would... Couldn't happen to a better team. The fact that Brandon Staley saw as a job today is disgusting. Well, I thought about it there. I think, did they hire or they're going after, um, Who's the offensive? They fired Joe Lombardi. Joe yeah. Lombardi. So that's a start. Right. 
There's a lot of oh, I heard Mike Lafleur, and I thought that oh. was I thought that was a good. That's Matt's brother. Yeah, he was the offensive coordinator for the Jets. I mean, oh. that was just a nightmare, and I don't think it was his fault. Yeah. Um, but if if we can if they can start pushing that ball down the field, they would do very well. Um, for example, in kind of a Shanahan style, yak driven, because their guys aren't super fast. Mike Williams and Keen, but they are possession receivers. They can run great routes. They have great hands uh, situationally, um, and you got a quarterback with a with a huge arm. I think, man, they need to open it up a little bit. You know, Ferraris don't do well when you're just driving at the speed limit and 20 miles an hour. You need to get it and open it up in order for it to really work at its um, at its peak. And I think the Chargers' offense is the same way. Yeah, they need to let, turn that thing loose a little bit, um, for sure, without a doubt. And to the Staley point, say what you want. We've talked about him before this year, but say what you want about him as a head coach and time and, and clock management and take, going for fourth on sometimes and not on the others. Inconsistency and in, yeah. in, uh, situational football. He is a great defensive mind. And he had that secondary that was getting shelled earlier, switched up. Um, it started, I think, with the Miami game where they completely shut them down. And um, they mind trick these quarterbacks. And they did it for the first half. But the problem was, again, there wasn't enough variability in the offensive calls to really have these sustained drives in the second half. So they're, they're missing field goals. They're punting. They're, they're not doing what the offense needs to do in order to support the lead. And they put a lot on the defense at that point. So I think defensively they should be good next year if they can get a nice offensive quarterback or a, a coordinator that seems to understand, you know, the players that they have and how to best utilize them. I think they the should, sky's be, the limit they for should them. be a better team. I would they, think so. Yeah. But how much better? What do they have? They were nine and eight. No, oh, 10 and six this year. Right. I'm sorry. 10 and 7. Yeah. Right? Do yes. you, do you think they're 11 wins? I think they should be in that Cincinnati Bengals Joe Burrow 11 12 11, range. 12, yeah. Interesting. Wonder how we'll bet that. All right. Um one last thing, Trevor Lawrence. Poise, full stop. Um during that Dallas game, he had that run where he picked up the first down and then fumbled the ball. Do you remember that going in? Yeah. I think it was the fourth quarter. And I'm, at that point, I'm like, this is over with. There's no way they're winning this game. They, it, was a good, it was a good fight. Uh, to his credit, he continued to fight. Um, he, he got the team into OT. He, and this allowed for Rain to drop another dime on the opposing defense. Um, and then Jacksonville wins. I mean, the ability to get to that point of adversity and claw your way back to a win, that means something. To, to shake off an entire first half where you throw four interceptions and to come back and throw like five touchdowns. I mean, got to have a, a short memory. You do. And I, and I really like, to me, that's a step in met, uh, maturation that we watched unfold. Yeah. If anything, that's a subplot for this particular game is that Trevor Lawrence has arrived. I would, I would agree. Um, yeah. And I, I was rooting for him. I mean, obviously I've, I've, stated my uh, discontent with uh, the Chargers and blowing that game to the Broncos in week 18, and I will not get over that soon. 
but um, yeah, I was I was very happy to see you know everybody, all my friends call him Sunshine. I'm glad to see Sunshine uh, stepping <laughs> Remember up the and, Titans, right? and getting it. Yeah, doing his thing. So uh, it, was, it was good to see, man. I'm, I'm I think uh, you know I think this next generation of quarterbacks is going to be very very fun to watch. So that brings up a good point. Not one quarterback in the playoffs right now is over 30 years old. That's impressive. So I, I think we were doing season one, and we ran into like 1999, right? And it was like Elway was leaving. Marino was retiring. It was all these 40-year... Uh, Warren Moon was like kind of at the end of his tail end of his career. Yeah, Vinny Testaverde. Like all these guys that were above 40 years old still playing in the league. Brett Favre was right there, I think, at like 35 or 38 at the time. Um, Steve Young was really close. It was like all of these these pockets of great quarterbacks were kind of moving on. Right. And to your point, we're seeing that now with... Uh, Justin Herbert and uh, Trevor Lawrence and Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. These guys can Dak is the oldest at 29, although I wouldn't put him in a top 10 scenario. No. Um, but I remember that hot take I had at the beginning of the year that I thought Trevor Lawrence could get into the top eight of NFL quarterbacks oh, in the league. Right and now, I think he's I think. there right yeah. now. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't. Yeah, I almost feel like he. Just because of team success, I almost feel like he's at a better point right now after year two than Justin Herbert is after year three. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I would definitely – at this point right now, after this season, win or lose on, on Saturday against Kansas City, I think that – yeah, I think that uh, Trevor Lawrence has arrived. Definitely, definitely. All right, and speaking of arriving, uh, Miami at Buffalo – um, I'm still not sure why this game was so close. Like it, even to watch the highlights, troubling. I was like, they should be dominating right it, now. A little the, bit the Bills. troubling, Mike. I would have to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, and I'm I'm to the point where is it? Were they overlooking? I mean, did they just think they were going to breeze by this game because um, they're playing Sage Rosenfels or Skyler? <laughs> Skyler, don't call me Sage Rosenfels Thompson or whatever his name is. I love how you like. I don't know if it's deliberate. It's probably a little deliberate now. I assume, yeah, but just like butchering <laughs> Skyler Thompson's name. So yeah, I mean, do you think I, it had to have been them kind of looking past to having to play Cincinnati in the next round? Um, yeah, I think Josh was doing, you know, YOLO stuff. Um, he took seven sacks. That's he threw crazy. two interceptions. He had that fumble for a touchdown. Um, I saw a stat on NFL primetime that said it's the first time that uh, in the playoffs that it's only the third time in the 2000s that a winning quarterback in the playoffs has been sacked seven or more times. It's I bonkers. Think, I, and I think like all the other ones are from like, and he does it to extend 70s. plays. I, I think he has this air of confidence about him where I'm just going to sit in the pocket here, like a, a, a 220 pound or 240 pound, you know, defensive yeah. ends not going to pull me down. So I'm just going to hang in here. I'm going to let my routes open up. It's not going to hurt. And, he just takes a lot of sacks. He's so, like, uh, he reminds me. But you can't blitz him. It has to come natural pressure because if you blitz right. him, you don't have somebody like mirroring him. It's over. You know, it reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger. Um, Ugh. 
I'm not like obviously I don't I'm not a fan of Ben Roethlisberger. Trust me, but I'm saying as far as like he would stand in the pocket, he would get hit and not go down. And but I mean it, he's like he's basically he's like Ben Roethlisberger with exceptional athleticism and and speed. Yeah, because Ben Roethlisberger couldn't run away <laughs> from anybody, but he also you could you had to really hit him to take him down. You know, and that seems like very reminiscent of Josh Allen. I will say this about Josh Allen: that kid's got an arm. Some yeah. of the throws that he makes, I mean, he did this one where it didn't even seem like he stepped into it, and it just. Air, air yards like 45 on on the you know on the in the bread box great throws out there he just makes it seem so effortless i don't know if there's a quarterback out there right now especially in the playoffs that makes those throws look so effortless uh yeah i don't i mean yeah i guess maybe if lamar jackson was playing and was still alive i guess he's the other one that just seems like he's flicking his it's like that Michael Vick thing. You just he just flicks his wrist and then the ball goes like eighty yeah, yards. Yeah, but Michael Vick lacked the accuracy and the touch that right. Josh Allen seems to have found. And this is another good point that I kind of wanted to bring up, because um, coming out of college, that was like the knock on him. Yeah, was his accuracy, and you don't see a lot of players like that. Seems to be like the uh, the toughest thing to teach a quarterback is ac- accuracy. Right. And so, like, I, I'm impre- that that makes me even more impressed by because Josh you Allen. have to slow down. You have to get your throwing platform correct. You right. have to know where you're going. You have to have your foot placement right. You have to know how many steps back you're going. What right. line? What What are you going to hit? When do you let it go? How do you lead the you know yeah. the receiver? There's so many things to process in fractions of seconds. Um, if you're just like I'm, I'm Hulk. I'm going to launch this into the helmet of my my receiver you're not really paying too much attention to that yeah totally it's it's how you evolve over time right because even elway loses the big arm but he's smart peyton manning loses that arm uh, the the arm that he did have but he is able to get his team um to the super bowl in part because of his defense but also because he's smart at manipulating um defenses and you know throwing accurate balls so it's important um, to me, this game demonstrates why you keep coaching talents like Mike McDaniel's. Like, there was a buzz about like, let's get rid of him. He, you know, he didn't do what I, we I wanted him to gladly, do. I would have gladly. I think I texted you at one point because I heard a rumor that John Schneider wants Pete Carroll to retire. Obviously, the yeah. Seahawks are never going to fire Pete Carroll, but the, he wanted him to retire. Um, and I was like, man, if the if the Dolphins are dumb enough to to cut Mike or fire Mike McDaniel I would take him on the Seahawks in a heartbeat yeah well I mean his offense uh, offensive philosophies like Shanahan's they're from the same tree um, are pretty plug and play it's like get your accurate quarterback but you can kind of move and manipulate the offense around like the type of players that you have in any time that you have that level of system that's able that west coast style that's you're able to change it to fit your group. Um, somebody with that uh, that that mindset would be it, it's in, it's invaluable, and you have to you have to keep that. He also he also seems to get his team to fight, you know, in every game. They're right there every game. So yeah. I mean, to me, that's invaluable as well. Yeah, no, I I agree as well. Um, I I like him, and I think 
if he either if two is able to come back, God willing, um, from from these concussions, um, or if he you know, hopefully he's able to get a quarterback in there to to really you know u- utilize his offense because he seems like he's got a brilliant mind for offense and uh, yeah I'm 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 definitely wishing him well. There you go. All right, here we come, Trey Lance, your Miami Dolphin next Let's year. Go. I'd, I'd love to see it. Yeah. All right, Giants at Minnesota. Ironically, this was the battle of the two most baffling teams for me. Like, I had no idea how to pick these teams. I had no idea how good they were. Um, I, I have no idea how. what is the reason for their success. You know, I just kept going back to the DVOA stat or whatever that I still don't understand. But they're <laughs> like, my uh, Minnesota is the worst 12-in-whatever team that uh, the DVOA, according to the DVOA, in the last 30 years so this game was pretty even. Uh, there was a slight edge to uh, the Giants with the number of plays, total yards, time of possession. Uh, but nothing really kind of stood out. Like no team was really like rising to the top. They're almost mirror images of each other. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was it was, it was just back and forth. It was, it was actually one of the more fun games of the weekend just because it was so close. And, you know, it could have really gone either way all the way down to the end. Right, yeah. Which is always, I mean, that's if your team's not in it, that's always kind of what you want in a, in a playoff game, unless you have money riding on it, I guess. Well, in the playoffs, this is always a good recipe for success. You have a defense that's playing good, uh, timely throws by your quarterback. Danny Dimes did that today, and a solid running game. There was one run. It was, I think it was Saquon Barkley's first uh, touchdown. I think it was a sweep to the left. And he gets behind his blockers, and then he has wide receiver. It was like a lineman, wide receiver, and, and like another like lineman on the outside. And the defense is like closing in on him. He like does this little thing where he darts through. I don't know, like Maze Runner when the when the when the doors are closing in on you, just dart through it, and he mm-hmm. just fires like out of a cannon into the end zone. I thought He's his his man. vision on that run was was pretty stellar. And then the power when he ran over the defensive tackle with the second one. Yeah. No, so he's playing cool. at another level right now. So uh, it's good to see that, especially after his injury problems. And, yeah, and Danny Dimes played a great game. I mean, you know, for – you're winning games in the playoffs. You're playing great football, generally speaking. Because, um, you know, I mean, obviously their defense still gave up 30-some points. So Is he market-correcting um, Joe Flacco? Maybe. Like that one really good year, that one really good run, and then you're he signs in a, in like a contract. $150 million, you know, seven-year contract. Look, he goes out and beats the Eagles this weekend, man. He can probably just – the Giants probably can't let him go at that That's point. honestly the, the toughest one for me to kind of gauge right now. So we'll talk about that a little yeah. later. For sure. Anything else on this Giants Minnesota game? Uh, no, just I, I was I was I think was this Saquon Barkley's first playoff game? Uh, man, he I'd might have to go he might yeah I'm not out, sure he I'm might have sure. had one his first or second year, but uh, I, I thought he played great. Um, you know, got in the end zone just twice. But, yeah, like looks good, Amazing, man. Yeah, like, I, I'm I'm a big say I, I have a lot of stock in uh, Saquon, and I'm I'm happy to see him playing well. Saquon stock. All right. So uh, next we have Baltimore at Cincinnati. Oof, this game was really sloppy. Um, you know, Baltimore actually won all of the offensive stats, like plays ran, total yards, time of possession. I thought Huntley played pretty admirably. Um, ultimately, it was decision to jump too early on that mm-hmm. touchdown attempt. 
Uh, Good lord. They're calling it the the fumble in the jungle. I like it. So um, it was a 14 point swing, you know, and and it, it, it decided the game. That was. I'm not sure there's much more to talk about. No, I mean, that that's what it was, man. And see, I, you know, I love when the big guys get some love. And uh, what's it, Hubbard? Is that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Run, get, that ball just fell right in his hands. And I'm like, there's no way he's getting all the way down the field. And I'm like, holy crap. Holy crap. Oh. And then, like, the, you know, his, his blocker almost uh, does a block in the back at the end. Just well, when you, when you look like, at it, when you look at it from the right side of the field to uh, looking at Sam's right side, mm-hmm. it was not even close. He, he actually chipped him before. But more than that, all he had to do was recognize that he was coming up on his left and then get in front of him. Yeah. And the fact, I was like, dude, that guy's going to catch him. Who was it? It was the tight end. Um, uh, it was Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, yeah, yeah. Almost caught him. And I was like, they're going to tackle him because th- that whole convoy is not paying attention right. to him. And I was like, wow, that's a tight end. That's running, yeah, they were running so, everyone I down. I mean, Mark Andrews is a freak athlete, though. But, yeah, I, I hear you, man. He's And it was a defensive lineman that he's running down, but still. But still, he had, he had like a 20-minute yeah. head start. <laughs> 30-yard head start on him. Like, let's see if we can catch you. So that's – I was like, man, all you had to do as as your the linebacker, all you had to do was just kind of get in front of him. And I was just like, yeah. it was really – they were really lucky that that Amazing, happened. amazing play. Because I don't know if you, if you don't get in the end zone right there, Sam Hubbard. Like, does Burrow – maybe they are up by three. And I, you know, I, as soon as I, I, I guess was it like, oh been man, 10, I was like, get him the oxygen. Oh, they were tied at 17. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, get him the oxygen. And then like the next thing you see is him with, with the, oxygen. the oxygen mask on, like flexing for the camera. Yeah. It was hilarious. Loved it. Loved well, that's it. your game. Yeah. Um, conclusion. Baltimore is, their future is in trouble. And I've heard a lot of people kind of national talking heads saying that after he didn't play this week that Lamar Jackson's probably done. And they're going to let him go. It sounds like, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, he's like a uh, probably he was, top 10 he was quarterback. A unanimous he's MVP. He, he won the MVP award three years ago. Unanimously. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, it's going to be hard to pull the plug. Did they guess. fire Greg Roman? He's gone. Uh, did they? I, I'm not sure. I'll yeah. have to look that up, but, but yeah, I um, thought they were shifting everything away from him. That's going to be really interesting, man. I are they I are sure, they a, are they a move up candidate to get one of the top three quarterbacks? I mean, they're saying Anthony Richardson is like a bigger, kind of stronger, uh, faster version. The last of thing Lamar they Jackson. need right now is a project. I, know, I agree. Uh, I think they would more be more likely to be a candidate to go get like Derek Carr or. Uh, one of those kind of guys. I just think that's what they're going to do. I, Honestly, I don't know if that's a great if idea. If I'm thinking about th- – well, they don't have any – they have no support for Carr. There's no way that he can work with those. He's not good enough to overcome how bad their, their skill position is. That defense is great. I would say if they had a ball control quarterback like Carr, that also would be good. They they're, do have the great tight end, though. Yeah, but that's – you need more than that. You need more. You need to have the threat outside. And they are. You can great, only run. T- and they're a great 12, running team. So much. A lot of their running is is 
going off of Lamar Jackson, you know, being a threat to run right. at any moment. So Well, they'd have to completely overall their offensive strategy for sure. Yeah, I mean, new off like you're going to have to have a different scheme for your offensive linemen. You're going to have to have a, a I just wonder what's in the room. Like what like in the halls of the Baltimore Ravens, like what is what is the what's going on in that, you know, in the ops department? trying to figure out what they want to do like how are they evaluating a quarterback yeah it just doesn't make any sense i don't know i mean that you know and it's funny seattle's the one that i i i honestly would be okay with seattle going out and and uh getting lamar jackson this offseason i think that would really fit what um pete Pete carroll likes to to do. do yeah i think that was one of my hot takes earlier this year I don't um, know. I mean, I think at the time I panned it, but as I we get farther in this, um, well, I think we both thought that the the strong likelihood was that he was going to get signed by Baltimore. So well, he wasn't ever going to hit. At free least agency. it. Le- well, I was thinking it was going to be um, they were going to offer the uh, franchise tag. Oh yeah, and they can tag him for like what three seasons in a row. It goes up like fifteen percent every year. So I think, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, but you can and still I think do, you it. Can do it. Three years. Yeah. Ago. So it's that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. But it even sounds right now like that they're not even going to do that. So perhaps if they don't find something in the draft or in free agency that's really to their liking or worth what they feel the value is, they might just franchise him. But I would be wary about having him play unhappy under a contract. Yeah, I mean they could because he's and, already shown like. Well, they could franchise him to trade him too, like the Seahawks did with Frank Clark a few years ago. Sure. But, Sign and trade know. the old NBA deal. Yeah. Huh? But I, you know, that I feel like with him coming off of an injury too and not being a very accurate quarterback, that's definitely risky. To, I like to uh, put it aside that he's not an accurate quarterback. I, I, he's not like Patrick Mahomes or anything like that. He's not. Aaron Rodgers when but yeah, except for at this the same year. time give him some weapons to use and who knows right. what that might he look like. He can get the ball downfield. But man. Sammy Watkins came out this week too before the game and was like, Man, really wish we had Lamar or something. Yeah. Like just kind of threw some shade at him too. That, A lot that of contention sounds, going on right now. Sounds like the players are not too happy with him. At A story point. to watch. For sure. So All right. Speaking of stories, <clears throat> Dallas at Tampa Bay. I'm going to call him Dak now because he finally had a game with no interceptions. Uh, in fact, he had a spectacular game going 25 for good. 33, 75% completion, 305, four passing TDs and a rushing TD. I, got, I have to give him his flowers. I mean, he's, he, ha, he played a great game. Uh, Dallas scored on uh, half of their possessions, all touchdowns. So, I mean. Is Dallas's defense – really really good or is Tampa Bay's offense atrocious I think Tampa Bay's offensive line is worse than Cowboys defensive line is good I still think they're good probably top five but I think there's some injuries in there that you know keeps me from going but I will say Micah Parsons was almost taking the snap yeah he he's a he's on another level right now. The way he's playing. Um, well, let's look at uh, Maher. We made some jokes earlier. Um, he missed four point after touchdowns in the playoffs. When you're squeaking by two three points at a shot, you squeak by in an under because of him. 
kudos God, to you. God, but but if you want to win, that might play a little factor into a game coming up. You know, who knows? Especially against San Francisco, a couple of great defenses well, playing. Yeah, I points can't are going to be rare. I'm I am so excited to watch that. That's like the game of the week for me right now. I can't wait to watch that. I'll say this. That Cowboys-San Francisco matchup and the history of that. It's already, yeah. That was, that was the thesis to season one of me trying to figure out the teams of the decade because I looked at those matchups and it was like Dallas-Dallas, the three years in a row, it's Dallas-Dallas-San Francisco to the Super Bowl. 93, 92, 93, 94, 93, 94, 95, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those seasons. And um, 95th anniversary year where they had the white pants and the whole right. thing. Um, but I watched those games and I said, that was a better game than the Super Bowl. And then yeah. I got to thinking about, you know, are we missing out on these great teams because they didn't make it to the Super Bowl or they lost in the Super Bowl or whatever. So, right. Um, so for that reason, I'm really excited to kind of watch this, yeah, um, this I'm game excited. this week. Um, yeah. Well, and, and to your point, um, with Mar, uh, they, you, you, it already changed their thinking because the, I think the, they, right after they had scored the four touchdowns, missed all four extra points, they're up 24, nothing. Uh, the next, the next possession they could have gone for on it was on uh, Dak uh, Dak's rushing touchdown that drive he they they got stopped on like fourth and one fourth and two and they maybe. went for it instead I remember that yeah that's what goal. that's what I thought obviously I mean it was clear that they didn't want it, yeah, yeah they didn't have faith in him and then went for two on the on the touchdown I believe yeah. well Maher's in trouble no no question. But who's in more trouble is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, right now, they have a bad coach. Uh, that defense um, did not want any part of that game. They looked dejected. I was watching the player, like, Evans would go out and the ball wouldn't get to him and he'd just loaf back. or Like, there's a look on his face, like, all right, no, you know, yeah. all right, it was a miss. We'll get him next time. It was like, damn, we're getting our asses handed to us. I don't even want to be here right mm-hmm. now. And that's what, it, that's the whole team looked like. Yeah, that. None, Tom Brady, uh, obviously not Mr. Uh, positive body language anyway most of the time, but he, uh, yeah, he he looked just defeated. Like he didn't, he couldn't wait to get to Cabo or wherever he's going on vacation. <laughs> Their Mike linebacker, uh, Tampa Levante David, looks cooked. Like he that couldn't keep like with anybody. Be damn near thirty nine or forty, man. He's been around forever. It seems he just like, he too. doesn't look like he can do it, which sucks, you know, for Tampa because they ha- they run this Tampa two still to this day, which is very reliant on that middle linebacker being to drop back into those. Um, into those open spaces in the middle of the field and the side of the field. Right. If he's not able to close those gaps and make tackles, I mean, this whole defense falls apart, which is what we saw um, on Monday. Um, I think Tom Brady's gone for sure. There's no question in my mind. So they're going to lose their, um, their goat quarterback skill positions are either old or keep or are hard to keep healthy. Uh, Godwin and Jones and uh, Mike Evans in particular, a little Fournette in there. It's going to be a tough couple of years uh, for them to come, for sure. Yeah, I'm, you know, they're, yeah, I, I don't even know what they have to turn to after this. I mean, you're probably going to have to draft a mid-round quarterback and 
because they're not up high enough to to get any of the big. I think a lot actually they have. I've seen some mock drafts kind of mocking uh, Anthony Richardson there, but. Like, what's with you and Anthony Richardson? I'm just saying that's what people are saying. They're, they're, I'm seeing him go, on Twitter too, like throwing bombs and trash cans from like 80 like, yards away. Yeah, they're I'm saying just like, like, what the like, hell? Uh, like uh, mid or like late late teens to early 20s is where he's going to come off the board. Mm. And that's he's right a where, project man. He's probably a that's right where Tampa third round and quarterback. So yeah, that's right. Like he should probably be a third round quarterback. But this is why people in the NFL shouldn't draft. Probably they just they like let us do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> they they grind a little bit more than we do. But I mean, you should you have to take a step back from this stuff. You know, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll write this stuff for the week. Right. And I'll, I'll walk away from it for a day or, or a half a day. And then I'll come back and I'll read through it one time to see what it sounds like and make sure it makes sense. Right. They don't walk away from it because, hey, the season's over. We're going to go back and grind. Walk away from it. Take that vacation. Take a, a month to decompress from being exposed to this so much. It's okay for self-care. It's okay to have that reset. Take it. Come back with a clear mind. What is it? Uh, full heart? Uh, full heart, clear mind. Care. Clear mind, clear full eyes. heart. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Can't lose. Like there that. you go. See? Texas forever. Now you know it. There we go. Thank you for the assist on that. All right. Well, that's our games for uh, last week. Um, let's take a look uh, a look at the divisional rounds. Yeah. Uh, so what um, – you want to just run down? I'm betting on every game again this week. So Yeah, I got a little bit more in depth. I'm going to kind of go into the games and where I think they're going to go just from a win-loss perspective. Okay. You know, per are, you thing. Bet, are you you're betting these? And I got, a, I got a couple of other stuff that I'll throw down for my uh, – Okay, well, I'll let you do the the little game previews, and I'll chime in with what whatever I have, and then we'll make our picks at the end of each one. All right, so uh, well, I'll make my picks as I go. You can chime in there too. Yeah. All right, so Jacksonville at KC. This is a one thirty game on Saturday on NBC, which is a weird time. It's going to be odd seeing. Uh, I think it's is it Al. Al Michaels and. No, nah, it'll be Collinsworth. I think oh, okay. they only have one game. Uh. Jacksonville de- de- deserves to be there, no question. Um, they already they're already showing that they are, are ready in their five game win streak to finish the season. They uh, had two bookend wins over division rival Tennessee. They had that crazy overtime win at Dallas, as we discussed early. Um, here's the problem: Jacksonville does well offensively. Casey does better. Mahomes is in a tier by himself. Um, they're doing things offensively right now that are insane, like including, you know, um, ring around the Rosie, which <laughs> is bonkers to me. I just have rewatched that a few times. I'm like, what is going on? I expect a somewhat slow start for KC, but ultimately they're going to score enough points to win this game. Spagnolo, um, their defensive coordinator will find some creative way to dial up some pressure on Lawrence. Uh, I think Casey wins, moves on to the AFC Championship game. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that this, I de- I, I don't know. It's gonna. What Kansas City defense shows up is going to be the key to this one. I think. Can they get pressure up front? Can they do enough, uh, a well enough job to cover? Uh, yeah, because otherwise, I think it's going to be a shootout. I mean. 
I think actually, I mean, if Kansas City's defense isn't playing well, I think Jacksonville has the better defensive unit. I think I like their defensive line a lot more. Um, I mean, I know that, oh, well, no, I'm sorry, Chris Jones, if Kansas City is not playing well, I like Jacksonville's defense better because of those young guys on that defensive line. They've got um, some depth there, too, and I just, I like the, the what's his name from the first overall pick from last year starting to come on um on the ja- on that jacksonville d, d- line and walker walker right? yeah. yeah and uh I, yeah i just like i like some of the pieces they have there and um yeah i think kansas city's defense is gonna have to show up this this game or it could really be a shootout into the fourth quarter which i'm hoping for that would be awesome well, I mean, that's what we've seen out of KC. They just they seem to be able to score at will, or at least move the ball at will, and relative, you know, and score pretty easily. Um, it's the defense that's in, you know giving up long drives and touchdowns, points. Um, this is going to be a track meet, I think, and I think um, KC is just faster. All right, moving on to the New York Giants at Philly. This is a five fifteen game on Fox on Saturday. Um, I think for me, this is the toughest game to predict as much as I like Philly as a team. I have some real concerns about their secondary. It is perhaps uh, the one glaring weakness that this, that this team has, um, they're heavy in zone, uh, that leaves up huge gaps in the middle of the field. I imagine Danny and Dayball um, are going to try to take advantage of that in some, some way, shape or form. You know, honestly, if the if the Philly defense um, defensive line can't get home, uh, it's going to be a long day for Philly. Uh, this all being said, they're at their best. Philly is a better team. I expect them to play at their best. You kind of always expect a team to play at their best in the playoffs. Um, they had a week off. Um, they should be healthy. Um, Philly wins, makes it to the NFC Conference uh, Championship game. I agree that they're going to win. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be closer than what the experts think or what the uh, point spread is. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for this. We're one talking as well. to you, Vegas. I'm talking to you. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I think I think this could be. I, I'm really excited about all of these games this weekend. So, um, this this one, this is probably my number two game of the weekend after San Francisco Dallas. All right. We'll get to them soon enough. All right. Cincinnati at Buffalo. Uh, This is a 12 uh, p.m. Pacific start time. They're on CBS. Um, It's it's hard not to take Buffalo here. Um, They're probably the better roster uh, than Cincinnati kind of all up. Cincinnati, I feel, has a better wide receiver core. So, you know, when you start to break it down at that level, I think Mm -hmm. that's about the only thing that I was that I could think of that was a better. part of the team was the wide receivers. Um, but there's still something in my heart that says, take Joey Burr. Um, I wasn't really blown away by either team in their wins in the wild, wild card weekend. Um, I think we just should sit back, enjoy, enjoy this one. And I went with my heart. I'm taking Cincinnati, uh, to enjoy their, um, AFC championship rematch with KC. Okay. Um, I'm, I can't wait to watch this game. I think this quarterback battle is what we're going to have to look forward to, uh, you know, between these two. And, you know, you're going to see 
Lawrence and Herbert and obviously Patrick Mahomes is in the mix there. The AFC battles in the next like five to ten years are going to be epic. Monster. And this is just another another uh, beautiful beautiful uh, brick in the wall that 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 are those games. So. Um, and I just realized that I haven't given any of my picks yet, so I'll just wait until after you're done and then just run down all four of my picks. Okay, no problem. All right, Dallas at San Francisco. Uh, this is at 3.30, another weirdly odd time. Uh, they're on Fox this week on Sunday. Um, this is a matchup of some of the, some of the, a couple of the best defenses in the league. Um, the Dallas defense, defensive line was destroyed they destroy Tampa Bay on Monday night. San Francisco offensive line, I think, is better than yes. what Tampa showed out. Uh, but if that pass rush can get pass rush, pass rush can get to Purdy, um, I think they can make him a little shaky. So we'll see if he can step up to that challenge. For me, this is the only way that Dallas wins. A lot of pressure on Purdy, forcing mistakes and turnovers. My gut says San Francisco defense is going to fluster Dak um, and San Francisco offensive weapons will be too much for that Dallas like linebacker secondary core. Um, San Francisco should move on uh, to play Philly in the NFC championship. Yeah, two, two of probably like the top four or five defenses in the NFL, maybe probably two of the top four. Sure. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be epic, man. I just, yeah, I think that it's going to come down to those offensive lines and how they can hold up to the pass rush on either side of the ball because uh, Nick Bosa and uh, I'm, why am I blanking on the kid for Dallas, uh, the linebacker. Parsons. Parsons. Like, good Lord, man, those guys are monsters. And uh, I think it's – I can't wait. It's this is going to be such a great weekend of, of football, man. It's definitely a nice nightcap um, for this divisional weekend, yeah. for sure. Okay, so my picks for um, so you just gave your pick. You didn't give your bets, right? You just gave your picks. I gave my picks, not my bets. You're okay, right. so my picks. I took Kansas City as well. I took Philadelphia. Uh, I'm taking Buffalo. I I can't go against uh can't go against buffalo at home in january uh and then san francisco as well all right all chalk sorry chalk i know it's exciting all right well at least we have some variation there. yeah at least one's off (laughs) all right so um it's the way it works in the playoffs everything's so tight right all right so the bets that i'm putting out uh jacksonville at kc i'm taking uh, minus and a half uh a point and a half or eight point (laughs) eight and a half (laughs) Let me say that again. KC minus eight and a half. And I'm going to do the over 52 and a half. That's a big, big you over. That's the same. I have the exact same bet <laughs> on that game. I'm like, all right, I'm going to throw. I was like, this is a big number, but screw it. I'm trying to trying to make some money here. So, And I, I have to look at all my overs, but I don't think I hit on it very much. Um, that's plus 234. So that's a nice little payout there. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Giants, I took them plus seven and a half at Philly and an AJ Brown anytime touchdown. Ooh. That'll be uh, how how big is that? Plus three twenty nine. Okay. Uh, uh, I took the New York Jets plus seven and a half and an AJ no, I'm just kidding. And uh <laughs> and the over forty eight. Um so I think uh You took the you took Giants plus seven and a half? Yeah, and okay. the over forty eight, so we'll uh 
I was I was wary about taking that. I just have no idea. I just think these two teams are going to put up some points, man. I would think so, but and if that's the case, I, I'm I'm hoping I still can get the set plus seven and a half for the Giants and and AJ with the touchdown. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I see. All right, uh, my next one is Cincinnati. I'm taking the money line at Buffalo. Pretty simple, plus 190. Taking Buffalo, minus five and a half in that one. All right, and then my final is Dallas at San Francisco. I'm going to take the San Francisco money line and the over 45 and a half. Uh, again, plus 190. I'm just doing the San Francisco money line on that one. So, Ooh. Step it up, man. Get crazy. All right, you had a couple questions for me this week. I felt like I did, and then you had the same, basically the same bets as me. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, yeah, my ask my questions of the week. First one, I you know it's like the nerdiest like yeah. little kid question, but it's like who's your favorite player in the NFL right now? So um, let's back up a little bit. I think my first favorite player was. <clears throat> that I can remember like really loving was Barry Sanders. And then I would throw Randall Cunningham in there. And both of those players have a soft spot in my heart. Um, but as a man of a certain age, I don't have space in my, my heart for a quote unquote favorite player. What I like to do now is just, there's players I like to watch. Like if the Pelicans are playing and Zion's in, I want to watch Zion play. Because something's going to happen, right? I, I guess that's what I meant. Like, who who's your who do you like to watch? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I have a list of players here that I, you know, just okay. off the top, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, when he's on offense, even when I'm watching um, uh, Red Zone, I'll flip over to the KC game from time to time and just watch a few o- offensive possessions just just to see what he's going to do. Um, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are right in that space kind of equally. I am so impressed by Josh Allen's arm, but also kind of like fascinated by the mistakes he made makes, uh, Joe Burrow on the other hand, just seems to be calm, cool, taking shots, getting the ball downfield, not a ton of mistakes. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think has been a lot of fun this year. Uh, man, he's had some ups and downs. He's looked like, why is he in this league? To man, he's <laughs> probably a top five quarterback in the league. Um, I was, it's been a lot of fun to kind of watch him this this year. You know, it's funny. I've gotten a lot of like time with Trevor. You know, just us two sitting in the Waffle House. You know, reflecting on his games. Uh, Justin Jefferson. He's been really fun to watch uh, in that uh, kind of that Minnesota comeback you know, party that they had over there. Uh, Michael Parsons, the dominance that he has, the versatility, different sides of the field, drop back, middle linebacker, outside linebacker. We're going to rush the quarterback. I'm going to stunt into the nose. I mean, like all the things that he does. Uh, AJ Brown has been really fun to watch. For me, I've mentioned this before. He is the the prototype, what I think that uh, DK Metcalf needs to become. Um, he uses violence correctly and he uses agility and running routes effectively i don't think dk can run the routes at his level Um, also i think he inappropriately uses violence he should be able to use his strength in a way to manipulate the defenses better than he is versus just plow right into him 
he's he's basically doing the receiver's work for them by tying his arms up and all that other stuff. So um, AJ Brown's been fun to watch. And finally, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, that dude is a beast. Every time he gets the ball in his hands, he's just falling forward for eight yards. Uh, he's if I'm a defense, I'm scared. I'm game planning for him. I I know where he is at all times, um, and he's fun to watch. I like it. I like it, man. Um, I asked this question because um, I am you – know, so I'm a big guy. I was an offensive lineman and playing in, in uh, like grade school football all the way through high school. Uh, and I love a nasty, like mean offensive lineman. And one of them came back this week to play after being out all season. And that man's name is Ryan Jensen. Oof. I love that nasty redhead ginger. He is so great for the. It, he's just fun for the league, I think, man, because he's just a, a mean, a mean guy, and that's what you want. He's going to protect his quarterback by any means necessary. Um, and I just enjoy. He gets in, into it with people after the. I mean, I, he didn't, you don't he want never, incognito mean. No, no, he doesn't go that far. But he's like just before that. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out to Ryan Jensen for coming back and playing this week. Uh, really, you know, didn't have much to play for anymore, but and uh, didn't help honestly. Yeah, no, he did not. But nobody did, so it's not your fault, Ryan. Don't <laughs> worry. Don't let this guy over here get you down. All right. Anything else there? No, that was it. Uh, my other uh, ask, Mike, question of the week was. I wanted to know, we, we got into a discussion about it over here uh, during the Seahawks game. Are there any positional groups for from the Seahawks that are better than a positional group from the San Francisco 49ers, our division rival, who just dominated us in the second half of the super wildcard game? Well, I had some thoughts about this, and anybody who disagrees can uh, email Jeremy. Um, so I broke it down defensive line San Francisco has a better defensive line linebackers San Francisco defensive backs um, I'd really have to dig in a little bit better but like anecdotally I think Seattle's better or has the potential to have a higher ceiling we're younger we've had a, uh, you know we've had a great year with Woolen and even Jackson looks good uh, Kobe Bryant's a uh, c- couple interceptions from him um, yeah. I like what in I've seen. In the future, we probably have. I think they're better than us right now. Though. I don't know, man. I don't I mean, isn't know. Isn't Denzel Ward, wasn't he like an all-pro this year? Yeah, he's good, for sure. Like, I'm not trying to take away from that, but um, I think their defense, their secondary especially, benefits from that pass rush and that that the fact that their linebackers kill anything within 15, 20 yards of the, um, the line of scrimmage. Um, it's, so you're giving DBs to Seattle? I'd lean Seattle. But I don't want to call it a push. It's, it's, yeah. it's kind of, yeah, I mean, I think at best that's a push, but I'll, I'll okay. Okay. Jeremy says it's a push. No, we'll the, go with your lean. For the audience. We'll go with your lean. Okay. I, we'll, we'll, we'll just keep It's keep semantics, yeah. really. Okay, offensive line. This, I think, is a push. I think San Francisco has the best offensive lineman with Trent Williams. Um, but our entire line as a unit uh, might be better. Um, I do think we need to upgrade at the center position. To yes, your point, I yes. think we need some some nastiness in and there. Right guard, probably. Yeah. So I think um, there's some work to be done on that offensive line, at least some depth. Uh, quarterback right now, 
Uh, I would say Seattle, uh, barely. Um, I don't like Garoppolo at all. I still think I, I full stop. Gino's better than Garoppolo. Yeah. Um, we don't know what Trey Lance is. I mean, he has a broken wheel. Um, Purdy, Purdy, seven games it, in. Yeah. I get it. Seven and zero playoff game. He won against you know the aforementioned Geno Smith. But I think right now in the league, there's a more people that have faith in what Geno's been able to do and who he is as a person and all that kind of other stuff than the than the unknown quantity. Uh, Purdy, running back, San Francisco, hands down, no question. Um, this is where we kind of differed. I said San Francisco has a better wide receiver group. Um, I think Brandon Ayuk, the number, the, the one and twos, Brandon Ayuk and Debo, uh, I think are better than DK and uh, Lockett. Um, I think they, well, they're better for the, obviously the system that they run. Uh, both of them were kick returners back. So you have Christian McCaffrey, you have Debo, you have Ayuk, who all returned punts in college. Great after the catch, good hands. They know how to get open. Uh, the versatility that Debo offers at the running running back position and where you can move him, you know, around I, the so field. And I, I just like, I'm I'm and one more thing. I'm yeah, just like not impressed with DK's route running ability. I can't say this enough. He needs to improve in that space and then use his leverage better. I think if you watch the tape, he just runs into to defensive backs. I think that's oh, a yeah, huge problem yeah. for me. Right. Um, in in my the way I look at it is that Debo is the best of the four. If you're taking Debo and Ayuk and Lockett and DK, I think Debo is the best. DK's two. DK's two. Ayuk's Lockett's, three. I see. I th- I say Lockett's three, and Ayuk. Like I'm not impressed by Ayuk. He does, He's he's not special to me at all and I think that Tyler Lockett has a special ability to get open I don't believe Tyler Lockett is playing much longer true and I think I think he takes he makes a lot of business decisions which is his right but I think he there's no yak with him right yeah he's definitely no he's getting down and saving his brain um so (laughs) gotta sell them houses all right. Uh, then I separated special teams from kicker and punter. I think our kicker and our punter are yeah. hands down better than the 49ers, and I think it's a push for general special teams. So when we were all arguing it over about it over here during the Seahawks game, um, and I'm going to be honest that there was a bottle of Howlerhead whiskey was like three-quarters of the way gone by the time we started this conversation. But we were just like at Yummy. basically like punter is the one better – his only position group that's better, you know, our punter. I was in, I was in my bag at that point for sure. (laughs) In the bag. Right. Right. (laughs) So yeah. Anyway, I was, I just thought it was like, we had an interesting conversation during the game. So, um, I just wanted to see what what your thoughts were on that, Mike. All right. Do you have any takes today? Um, I, so one of my takes, I think somebody is definitely giving, the Raiders a first round pick for Derek Carr. Oof. And I think that is probably one of the worst ideas ever. I almost passed out. But uh, yeah, I think I just, I, there's a lot of chatter on from these kind of talking heads on the internet and on uh, ESPN and whatnot talking about it. And I'm just like, how is that a thing? Show his last three games. 
every snap he takes in those last three games. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all the film you need. That's all. Yeah, look terrible, and they beat the. They, he's a, I mean, he's a a late second, third round pick. And I may, wouldn't and even maybe, want to give that up for him. Man. I mean, it's a good it's it's good for take a flyer. And well, on top of it, you're gonna have to restructure his whole. I mean, I guess like the trading team isn't gonna be on the hook for all the bonus money or whatever the Raiders will be. But yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah signing bonus stains with the other team. Yeah. yeah. So I guess you're not if if you can restructure his deal and you're not having to to worry about because I mean he's going to make forty one million dollars next year. This is a good opportunity to call out that the Cleveland Browns have about two hundred and twenty nine million dollars that they can't do shit with sitting in an escrow account ready to pay a sexual predator. So congratulations again. I know you didn't make the playoffs. Shocking. Still making your still those bad decisions that you made at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season are, are kicking you in the balls now. Good work, guys. Yeah. All right. So my uh, my other hot take uh, for t- take corner is it related uh, to the Browns? No, it's related oh. to the Raiders as well. And that I think Tom Brady's going to end up in Oof. Las Vegas next year. Well, and it? I think it's a terrible idea. I yeah. think that offensive line is going to get him killed. Yeah. Um, I think that alone means no. I just I think that yeah I mean maybe they try to invest in it but you need time for a, a, an offensive line to kind of you know get become cohesive and unlike and Deshaun Watson one. Tom Brady understands that no means no <laughs> yeah good good point good point all right so that those are my only two did you have anything no I kind of sprinkle my takes in yeah. I've been doing that the last because I because I give my takes in those moments anyway. Right. So, and then I have a whole bunch of other takes. Right. <laughs> and it just, you just, the audience has to listen to me ramble on. So. Yeah, I got you. I got you, man. It's all good. So, speaking um, of rambling, diversity. Uh, did you have anything? I got a couple. I'll, I'll let you go ahead and then I want to talk about a Netflix documentary I watched. Okay. So, um, I have been trying to make a step towards in the new year, not related necessarily, but uh, my wife recently did a three day kind of juice cleanse. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. I tried this back 10 or 15 years ago. And oh, I didn't realize it was that long ago that you did it. Yeah. I was like in a different space. Like I, you know, I was eating like half a cow a day, kind of like protein dude. Yeah. And I just like started like a day and a half. I didn't make it a day and a half before I was like. I could I can't do this. My stomach was killing me. I had massive headaches. You I mean, feel like I, just weak. I was going through withdrawals. I didn't even get to the weak part, right? I wasn't I wasn't doing it long enough for my body to start going, "Hey god, dude, I need more. I need some Yeah, I fuel. need I need right. some sugar. Like give me some <laughs> your blood sugar's dropping. I didn't even get to that point. So it was such a horrible experience. I've been kind of like I don't know. I've done juicing before. It's delicious. It's invigorating. It just feels like the, the, the nutrients are hitting every one of your cells when I drink it. But we can do it at home, so it's, like, pretty convenient. But the most I ever did was, like, a shake first thing in the morning. Like, a not a shake, but a, a juice in the morning to get me going. And then, you know, eggs for breakfast, so on and so forth. And I'd finish the day with another one. It's the most I ever got. So this time I was committing to six drinks a day, six juices a day, basically between eight and eight. I, I added a, sh- like a, like a protein shake in there. Uh, it's plant-based protein, the whole thing, just to kind of, cause you need like every two hours, I'm 
drinking something. Okay. But no solid foods since I didn't eat anything on Monday, Tuesday, or today. Today's the last day. Uh, By the time you hear this, Mike will have a belly full of oatmeal and whatever. <laughs> I'm going to have an egg else. sandwich. I'm going to do it. my salad. oatmeal first thing in the morning. What I do like, though, is kind of like the the fasting, the intermittent fasting. So for then that 8 to 8 period, not having a meal, and then coming in at 8 the next morning and having your first your first meal i'm going to try to adhere to that and see if if that helps as well um ultimately what you want to do is kick your body into ketosis so you burn you know fat and things like that Uh, for me i wanted to kind of reset it if you will um so all in all it's been a pretty good experience um i had some headaches on the first day mostly by the time i get a hunger pain uh pang it's I have another, it's time for another juice and that really curbs it for about an hour and a half. So it's been really good. I haven't had like the withdrawals of the food or, you know, anything like that. I still am doing coffee in the morning. Um, but uh, outside like black coffee, are you putting any, I, I put a little oat, oat, oat milk in there or not oat milk, almond, almond milk. So nothing crazy, but, um, yeah, so that's what I have. I couple cups of coffee shake the the juices and so far so good i got two more this evening and uh then i'll be i'm out i'm out of prison sweet Uh, that's great glad to see you uh making healthy choices (laughs) well you just described us (laughs) dropping a bottle of bourbon one one sunday it was really it was weird man it's banana flavored bourbon or yeah it's it was strange weird flavors man it was strange but i wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be i think the worst thing about deciding to do the juicing now is that i have a puppy we just got a new puppy eight weeks old when we got him a couple of weeks ago he's friday he'll be 10 weeks um he's growing fast weirdly you can actually it's happening so fast you can like you wake up the next morning and he looks bigger so it's pretty crazy but part of that is he wakes up a lot and you can't just let a puppy down because two things are going to happen. He's going to destroy your floor with, you know, bathroom, or he's going to chew on something that you don't want chewed on. And this could be anything. It could and be so a don't shoe. Have him, like in a kennel or something while he's. Um, we're proponents of using the crate as a place, um, not of punishment or anything like that. I mean, it's a little corgi. I don't know if we need to crate train all the other dogs are crate trained and if we needed to put them in the crate and close the door but that takes time to kind of assimilate one of the things we want to do is get him integrated with not only the family but the other pets and kind of doing what you know they 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 have a pack mentality we all know that and they they do better in those scenarios at least that's my opinion so we kind of try to maintain that and then use the crates that we do have for scenarios where like we're going to be gone for four hours or something like that. Um, yeah. and we don't want them kind of roaming around the house, but ultimately we'd like to get our, our pets to where they can just roam around the house and nothing happens. They can, they can hold it for four hours or my, my daughter who stays home usually when we, when me and my wife go do things, um, she can, doesn't have to like l- literally manage them minute to minute. So. Right. It's been pretty crazy. Um, I don't have a lot of patience for young things, so it's been difficult for me. I get frustrated sometimes. I'd like to like 
just stop peeing on the floor or why can't you just wait? You know, I was right there, you know, that kind of stuff. But you have to think about like an, like an eight week old puppy or a nine week old puppy may not even have the muscle capacity to control some of these things. So you have to keep a perspective around it's uh yeah, I'm learning patience. That's that's, that's what good, I've learned man. this week. That's good. And that's all I have for diversity. All right. Well, uh, so like I said, I watched a Netflix documentary this week called The Hatchet Wielding Hitchhiker. Yeah, I heard this. Uh, I thought it was going to be much different than it actually was. So it's about uh, this seemingly sweet hitchhiker who saves a woman's life named Kai. Uh, this is in, I think, the Riverside area of California. And it's this is where homeless, Jeremy talks about the entire plot. It's this homeless know. guy. Uh, yeah, I'm giving, just setting it up, man. I'm not going <laughs> to give away any details. But it, this is like a, this is like a known story. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Made the news and the whole thing. Yeah, and the guy, because he did the, uh, he hit, he basically he was riding with a man who drove into, like, drove a, a person, a pedestrian, like, into a, into the back of another car, trying to kill him. And like got out like saying some uh, the man that this Kai guy was riding with uh, starts saying some very like uh, racist like things about how they need to kill black people all these things and then started attacking a woman that was trying to help to save this black man that had been pinned uh, between two cars. So the hitchhikers in this car. Yeah. With he, this racist knucklehead. Yeah. He hits a black guy and pins him between another right. car. So a, a black woman. No, just a, it was a white woman. White maybe, woman maybe comes to assist, and he's the the man who ran rammed the car right. into the the, the racist in, knucklehead. The, yeah, the racist knucklehead starts attacking the woman. Well, this hitchhiker who was riding with the racist guy jumps out and hits the guy in the head three times, and I think he said, I, you know, I was just like slam 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 that's what he said in the interview and so like then people made memes of this interview for you know months and months and he became like super popular but nobody could find him except for this original uh uh sports journalist that just happened to get sent out on this uh story um this this particular day and he was the only one that could get in touch with this guy and you know he had people from all across the world reaching out. Uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show is trying to book him. Uh, the parent company for the Kardashian show wanted to interview him about possibly having his own reality show. Jeez. Just insane things. Um, and all excessive was, force three times with a hatchet. Yeah. Yeah. Who, where'd the hatchet come from? He had it with him. It was okay. Protection I mean, or I, I don't know, maybe trying to start chop, fire, chop chopping wood. wood. Yeah. I if guess as homeless, a hitchhiker, you're kind yeah, of have hitchhiking to do that. homeless person. So he pulls out this hatchet, hacks the dude three times, not once, just to get him on the ground. Well, like, and he didn't, I think he hit him with like the, the back side of it the first two times and then caught him with the other. Wait, wait. He, it's blunt force trauma with yeah. the back end of a hatchet. And, and on the third, he flips it around. He flipped it around and hit him with the. I mean, that's, With he the killed blade. the guy, right? No, guy didn't die. Oh. Guy ended up in jail. The knucklehead. Yes. So what happened to the other guy? The hitchhiker? Uh, the hitchhiker survived, shockingly. I think he had some, like, I think he broke both of his legs, but Wait, no. wait, how did the hitch, oh, from the accident. Oh, I'm saying that, oh, I thought you were asking about the guy that got pinned in. Sorry. No, no, no. The hitchhiker was fine, too. Like, he. No, no jail, no court, no nothing? 
the guy, the knuckle, the racist knucklehead ended up, I think, attempted murder or something like that. Well, because uh, he didn't hit touch, somebody. Yeah, they didn't touch. But no, the other guy, they, I mean, he just left. And then I think he had to come back to. So uh, the whole plot of this basically is what happened to this guy that yes. put a, a hatchet in a dude's head. And you wouldn't be completely surprised to find out what happens, but I'm not going to tell you. So, um, it's, it, it was where it was pretty entertaining. Was he alongside the like highway hour, in Olympia? 20 minutes. No, I hope not. I don't know. No. All right. Uh, yeah, he said, so yeah, it, it's just, it's very interesting. Uh, kind of a plot twist. I, I remember seeing the interview with the guy was kind of everywhere for, yeah. for a few weeks back in I think 2000. When I saw it, I recognized the story. I just didn't, yeah. I mean, I recognized the interview, but I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know the, ba- I didn't know the background story. And, um, you yeah, know, the guy was, it turns out he's, you know, definitely got some mental illness he's dealing with and, uh, like substance abuse issues. Yeah. If I'm um, being honest, this is going to go down on the list. I don't think I put it in my queue or anything like that. We'll see how you know where it goes. You have yeah. to really, for me, I have to be in the mindset to yeah. watch true crime. Yeah, I w- like. I just saw the name of it, and I'm like, "There's, no, I'm not definitely never watching that." And then, like one of the times I flipped on Netflix, it was like the you first, saw the ter- saw first the, two minutes. The, yeah, Man, the, you're hitting their algorithm. Saw the preview running, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna give it a shot." <laughs> well, that's uh, cool. The other thing I did, I started watching this week was. Um, Love is Blind season three, which is the, oh, boy. it may either be the worst or the best show that like I've honestly like laughed out loud more just because it's the most insane thing I've ever seen. If it's on Netflix, go check it out. If you have absolutely nothing better to do with your life. Well, you know what I'm doing? This brings up a good thing. I'm actually watching, um, well, I'm rewatching right now. Better call Saul. I started it season one, um, been having some back problems. So in lieu of like lifting weights this week, and plus I didn't want to like, while I'm juicing, I didn't want to like start expending a lot of energy and end up passing out in my, in my garage gym. Um, but so I just walk on the treadmill and I'll, and I'll watch like 30 or 40 minutes of uh, better call Saul. So I, I just completed, I think episode seven, six or seven, um, in the first season, um, just kind of familiarizing myself with the flow of that show, uh, appreciating kind of visually how it's set up um, by you know the that the guy who created it. He has definitely a a, a style to him that I I yeah. really like. Vince Gilligan. I yeah, think. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so that it it. I don't know if I've ever seen that, but that shot where it's like the cameras on the end of the like the mail cart or something, and you're yeah. following it around, and it's like a really cool shot. So yeah. that I think he kind of invented that shot. Um, but yeah, it's it's been pretty cool so far. Um, I am not interested at all in his backstory. I found out. I kind of fast forwarded through the first introdu- introduction to Slippin' Jimmy. When he was uh, running that game uh, in the alleyway back yeah. in, uh, what was it, uh, Cicero? Right. I'm like, I'm not interested in this at all. I want to see him and Mike doing some stuff. That's what I want to get to. So okay. I am taking some liberties to kind of fast forward, which I've never done in a show. I've just, even, there's some slow moments in some movies or TV shows that I'd like to kind of just glaze over, but um, I haven't done it before. I am. 
I'll let you know how it goes, how I feel about it when it's over. But I don't think I'm missing anything, honestly. All right. Well, uh, yeah, keep us posted on how that's going. I'm going to definitely rewatch that one of these days, too. So right on. All right. All right. Jeremy, sometimes a game can be won or lost on the coin toss. What's the most you've ever lost on a coin toss? You're going to have to call it. You've been putting it on the line your whole life. You just didn't know about it. You know what the date is on this coin, Jeremy? 1958. It's been traveling more than 50 years to get here. And now it's here. It's either heads or tails. And you have to say, call it. You stand to win everything. <laughs>